book of Exodus. I'm going to read from chapter 19, from the first verse. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and sent before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Wouldn't it have been lovely to be there in that crowd of people? Would you like to be in that crowd? Well, we'll do that last verse again, and you can all join in. So the people all responded together, we will do everything that the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord, and I'm sure Steve will bring your answer back to them. Thank you, Colin. You're, you're really trying to earn the brownie points today as well, aren't you? <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, <laughs> it's the Royal Mail strike, so that's what it is. Um, but uh, fantastic. So, as we're, uh, we're going to think about this together, uh, there's, an op- there's something for, 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 for kids to do if they want to, uh, a craft that will tie in. So, what, what we're going to be thinking about is especially what it means when God calls those people to be uh, a, the kingdom of priests. And one of the things that the high priest would wear is a crown, a kind of crown. And on the crown, it would say, holy to the Lord, which is a way of saying, I belong to, I belong to God. And so if, uh, if, if anyone, kind of, whilst we're thinking about this passage, just wants to uh, get, do that, that's absolutely fine. You can do a much better, more colorful and interesting job than I can. But let's, uh, let's just think about this passage for a little bit together. Let me pray. Father, uh, the psalmist says that the unfolding of your word brings light, and so we pray that you would unfold your word to our hearts this morning by the power of your spirit, so that we can live in your light. Amen. So like we've been saying, this Advent, we're looking through uh, and thinking about how God God shows us what he's like. Uh, If we're trying to find out about a rock, uh, we'd look at it very carefully. We might do some experiments on it to try and find out more about it. Uh, But we can't do that with God. 
Because God is so big and so great, our minds uh, just aren't able to find out about him by ourselves. And so we need him to show us what he's like. And that's exactly what he's done. So there's an old prayer that says that God has made himself known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be his people, in his word spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, his son. In other words, it's saying that God shows us who he is through the world uh, that he's made, through his relationship with Israel in the Bible, which is talked about in the Bible, through the Bible itself, but most especially in Jesus, who is God become human being. And today we're thinking about how God tells us who he is and what he's like through the story of him calling a people called Israel to be his. Now the Bible reading that we've just heard, that one from Exodus 19, uh, takes place shortly after Moses uh, has led all of the Israelites through the Red Sea out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, And in fact, the reading we've heard starts by saying that it's been two months to the day since they left Egypt by this point. And they've arrived at Mount Sinai, where God first met with Moses and said, I want you to go and get my people out of Egypt. And also the place where in the next chapter, God's going to give those Ten Commandments as well. But before we go any further, let's just try and put this into the bigger story of the Bible, because I think it will help us. So, let's rewind the tape. God has created everything. He has made humans in his image which means he's made us to reflect him like a mirror uh, so that we can rule the world with him on his, and with him on his behalf. Uh, but humans decide that they don't want God in charge. They want to decide for themselves what's good and what's not so good. They want to be in charge themselves. And the Bible calls this sin. And sin spoils things. So God sends the first humans out of his beautiful garden But he promises that he will send someone who's going to crush that lying snake and get rid of all of his lives. But the story from there is of humans who just keep on making bad decisions, bad choices. They ignore God, they hurt one another, and God sends a flood to wash the world clean of all the violence and rescues one man, Noah, and his family to start again with. But the cycle repeats all over again. People ignore God. They hurt one another. And they fill God's world with sadness. And so the question is, what is God going to do to rescue the world from the mess that people have made of it? His answer is to choose one man from among the many. And his name was Abraham. And to bless him so that he and his family would be a blessing to all the families of the world. God's plan was simple. Befriend Abraham and his family and use them to show the rest of the world what it's like to be friends with God. So is, and that, to do, that was kind of the same way that a teacher might well uh, get one of the students uh, up at the front of the class and say, look at the way that they've done this piece of work. This is what your work needs to look like. Now that's what God wanted for Abraham and his family. 
to, to point to him and to his family and to say, this is the way things are supposed to be. Copy this. Watch them and learn how to live well. And that's where today's Bible reading comes in. So the Israelites whom God has led out of Egypt through Moses were Abraham's great, 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 great grandchildren. Probably a few more greats in there as well. Um, Abraham's family, the people God had in mind when he told Abraham all those years ago that through his children's children he would bless the world. And what God wanted was a group of people who would know him and experience him for themselves so that they could represent him to the world. So in verse 4, God says, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. In other words, God's saying, You've seen what I'm like. You've experienced me as the powerful king of the universe. You've known me as your rescuer. And then God goes on to say to them in verse 6, You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that just as the Israelites had come to know God, so now he wanted them to make him known to others. So the job of a priest is basically to connect people with God and to connect God with people. And God's plan was to make the whole people of Israel the stage on which his love story would play out to the world. God wanted the people of Israel to be kind of, kind of living theater for everyone else to watch closely and to find out what God's like so that they might eventually come to love and know him for themselves. So God's, God's desire, what his heart yearned for, was a, a people who would look like him, people who would smell like him, people who would taste like him, to all the other people who didn't yet know him. And so God's plan couldn't have been simpler. Know God, make God known. And as I hope is pretty obvious by now, they couldn't make God known if they didn't know him themselves. And the same is true for us today in church. God's idea was for a group of people to show the world his original idea for humans, to mirror what God's like, and to work in creative goodness with him for the sake of others. Israel's job description is make God look great and make knowing God look great. Because he is great, and knowing him is great. But get this. In the New Testament, it says that we, you and me, we the church, the people, are the new people of God, the new Israel. So Peter says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you see it? It's the same job description, isn't it? To make God look great and to make knowing God look great. God wants us you and me, to display what he's like in our lives to the rest of the world. Now, in the Old Testament, 
the high priest would wear, that's a, a better model of it than this, but would wear a special crown on his head saying, holy to Yahweh, set apart or belonging to Yahweh. That, that, that's the special name God revealed uh, to, 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 to Moses. But because all the people of Israel were meant to be priests, a kingdom of priests, that was God's plan, the idea was that all the nations would be able to read the same thing off of every Israelite's life. The way they thought, the way they spoke, the way they went about their daily lives was to say, holy to Yahweh. And again, the same is true of us. God wants our families and our friends, our neighbors and our colleagues and even complete strangers to be able to read off our lives, I belong to Jesus. Now, I remember uh, the day day of my ordination, um, uh, when was that, 2016 I think it was, uh, was the first time that I wore this silly dog collar thing. And I remember it well because we were kind of running, running late already. Somehow we just hadn't managed to get out of the house quick enough. Uh, so we were already a bit late running out, getting out of the house. And as I put my shoe on, my lace snapped. Does that ever happen to you? Just as you're in a hurry. So I put it on anyway. We parked the car. Uh, the ordination was in Wakefield um, Cathedral. So we parked the car in Trinity Shopping Centre. Uh, so that I could run into one of the shoe shops on the way and get some new laces. Now, as you can imagine, I was already running a bit late. I was in a bit of a hurry, um, but I popped into Shoe Zone. I think, I have to confess, there was a long queue. I think someone was buying some shoes for a centipede. Um, (laughs) And I was getting really quite agitated, quite irritated, quite impatient. And then it dawned on me, I've got this silly collar on. People are going to look at me and think, what's the matter with that huffy vicar? (laughs) And it didn't seem like a particularly attractive advert for Jesus, I have to say. Now, the point of all of that is that I'd never realized before in that way that I did in that moment in Shoe Zone in Wakefield that I was carrying the name of Jesus. As I stood waiting in that queue, I was carrying the name of Jesus. People were looking at me, and just by virtue of my having this collar on, were making a connection between Jesus and my life. But you know what? We don't have to wear one of these silly collars uh, to do that. I met with a, a, a young, young man uh, who is getting ready to go and be a missionary to Japan. Uh, and in Japan, you might think it's a very uh, civilized, prosperous uh, kind of nation, but there's less than 1% of people there who are Christians. But he said, but it, it's really, I mean, it's tragic. It's got the highest rate of suicide anywhere in the world. Uh, People have very, very few days off. Basically, kind of, you work your your whole existence. And he said, you can tell who the Christians are because 
Everywhere else on the street, people are wearing greys and blacks. And there's, so there's this, uh, this picture taken um, of uh, you know, pe- people on a busy, bu- busy street in, uh, in, um, uh, in Tokyo. Uh, and everyone's wearing greys and blacks, except one person in a red coat. And he said, I bet that's a Christian. Because they're not afraid to stand out and they've got a smile on their face. I thought, isn't that amazing? God has revealed himself through people who know him. And God continues to reveal himself through people who know him. So I, I know we started at the, uh, at the, a little bit earlier uh, thinking about those who have shown God to you. And I'm sure that there are many more. We've probably just scratched the tip of the, tip of the iceberg. So just off the top of my head, I can think of... Uh, my friend Simon, who uh, in secondary school invited me along to the, the church youth group where my faith came alive. Uh, I can think of uh, an elderly professor I knew uh, in, uh, in Durham. Uh, and he was, uh, he was in his 90s. He was very frail, doddery old man, pretty much blind, uh, pretty much deaf. Uh, but I remember him uh, it was probably about six months before he died. He, he, he preached a sermon uh, on uh, one start of Corinthians, kind of uh, determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Not a note in sight and preached like he was a 21-year-old. Incredible man of God. Uh, I think of uh, people whose faith uh, has really encouraged me through, through books I've heard or sermons that I've listened to. Uh, people whose... Uh, ministry has set my heart on fire with love for God. I think of saints who I've read about, whose lives of radical devotion to God have inspired me. People like Brother Andrew, or uh, John Wesley, or Hudson Taylor, or George Muller, and the list goes on. But if we're friends of Jesus, we're all saints. You are saints. It's not just reserved for people like Francis of Assisi. The Bible says that anyone who's a friend of Jesus is a saint. Because that word just means holy to the Lord. That's what the word means. Someone set apart for Jesus. And so everywhere we set our foot, we carry the name of Jesus. So when we go to school on Monday morning, we carry the name of Jesus. When we're sat at our desk in the office on Thursday afternoon and our colleagues are gossiping about Mary, we carry the name of Jesus. When we're out in the park walking the dog in the the winter rain, we're carrying the name of Jesus. Everywhere we go and everything we do, we're carrying the name of Jesus. Israel was meant to carry Yahweh's name into the world but they ended up just looking like all the rest of the people in the world. But Jesus came to be God's true representative, the the human who would fully show the world who God is and what God's like, the image of the invisible God, as Paul says. And now, empowered by his Spirit, Jesus calls his people, the church, to be a new Israel who carry his name into all the earth. And so our mission just the same as it was to Israel. To make Jesus look great 
in our lives and to make knowing Jesus look incredible. And so saints, let me finish just by encouraging us. Let your whole life, every thought, every word, every action say, I belong to Jesus. Let your life be the page on which others may read who God is and what God is like. Let's pray. God, we thank you for those that you've placed in our lives who have shown us who you are and what you're like. Please help us to carry your name well so that people would look at our lives and see you reflected back to them. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.